Welcome to the Queen's Innovation Runway podcast. This podcast series is about sharing the emerging success stories from Queen's University in Eastern Ontario from startups through small to medium-sized enterprises. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome everybody to this episode of Queen's Innovation Runway. We're pleased to have two guests today to talk about an exciting project. We have Dr. Rena Eupidus, who's a Queen's grad, as well as a Harvard grad, professor of arts education, and one of the principal investigators, together with other partners, behind some of the pedagogical music research that led to the project we're going to talk about today, and Jody Campo. Jody is a piano teacher and the project manager at the Cadenza Practice App Project. So as you may have guessed by now, the topic is the Cadenza Practice App. The tagline on the Cadenza Practice App website is all about bridging the gap between lessons. And there's a beautiful quote on the website I'll start with. As music teachers, we understand how important it is to keep your students inspired and motivated. We believe that music teachers and students thrive with communication. After years of research, Cadenza was developed for teachers just like you. So welcome, Rena and Jody. Thank you. So let me start the episode by asking you, what was the burning problem that you wanted to see solved with this research and the development of the Cadenza practice app for music teachers. So you've already identified the burning problem with our tagline, and that is bridging the gap between lessons. Typically, music lessons happen a week apart. This is a very, very old model that we see in English-speaking countries all over the world. Um, it was born in the Victorian era, and maybe in the Victorian era, kids practice between lessons. I don't know. Um, I'm not quite that old. Um, but it seems to me that a perennial issue for teachers is to keep kids encouraged, motivated, on track between those weekly lessons. We often hear kids say that they love their teacher, they love their lessons, they go home, they're all excited about practicing, and then that fizzles, or they don't know what to do, or the night before the lesson they get back on their instrument and they don't accomplish as much as anyone had hoped. So that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to bridge that gap between one lesson and the next. Jody, could you help us expand on that by telling us a little bit more about how that may actually help the teachers? Absolutely. Um, as, a, as a piano teacher myself, a private studio owner, um, I found that, uh, as Rena just mentioned, kids didn't necessarily know what practice meant. So as the teacher, I was assuming that both the student and the parent knew what I meant when I said, please practice xyz when you get home but they didn't have a full understanding so now as the teacher i'm able to put expectations out very clearly for the student and the student is able to um, come back the next week prepared and further ahead than what i expected them to be it's just really encouraging it helps me lesson plan so i can see what the student has accomplished during the week before they even come to me i don't have to spend the first 10 minutes of the of the 30 minute or 45 minute lesson going over you know and feeling out where where the student is i know before they uh, walk through the proverbial <laughs> zoom door now but um uh, through the real door uh, back before the pandemic so it really helps me in lesson planning. And what is the ultimate outcome that you see for a broader adoption of the Cadenza Practice app? Is it students will 
stick with their music lessons and it becomes a lifelong hobby. It, maybe it doesn't become a career, but somebody stays connected with the arts. You know, I feel, sometimes I feel like in the world, uh, everybody's so busy with their iPhones and digital tools that if somebody could pick up the piano or some other musical instrument and stick with it, it, it may be just uh, an important thing for people's mental health to have that kind of uh, non-digital outlet. And it's a little bit ironic that Cadenza is a digital tool, but it's a digital tool in a good way to promote that habit. I think, again, Jim, you've said something very important here, which is that music can provide a way of enhancing the quality of our lives, uh, our wellness, our mental, our emotional, our, our physical well-being. And one of the things that happens with music lessons is that students and their parents and their teachers begin with great expectations and wonderful motivation, and that fizzles because it's hard to learn how to play an instrument. So what we're planning and hoping and seeing um, happening with the Cadenza Practice app is that it enables students to stay with the instrument long enough for them to be able to play independently of their teachers, to be able to make music with other people. It's not about falling in love with an app. It's about falling in love with music. And it's not about learning how to use an app. It's about using the app to enable you to make music without an app, to make music, period. I was just going to say that I, as a teacher, I made an observation that students, once they came close to a grade three level, or, you know, if they were working in the RCM system, they would fizzle out. That would be kind of the the ceiling that if they if they could make it beyond grade three, they were going to make it. But if, you know, if they, if they lost motivation, they weren't going to, they weren't going to pursue it beyond maybe into their teen years or whatever. And that's, that's the goal. Keep them with it much longer. And for our listeners, RCM stands for Royal Conservatory Music. Is that right? It is. And I talked earlier about how cadenza is being used in the English-speaking world that follows a Western tradition of music making. Um, it's used in other traditions as well, but it was designed for uh, Western music. And Many, many countries, all countries actually that engage in this um, canon have a similar exam system or a similar way of uh, assessing how students are progressing. And neither Jody nor I believe that you have to take exams to learn how to play an instrument, but it does give us a benchmark to know how well students are progressing. And we know from our own experience, I also taught music for almost 40 years, we know that there are times when we're likely to lose a student no matter what we do. And it's those times that we find that cadenza is the most helpful in making sure that there's just that extra interest, that extra information, that extra push to get them over what otherwise might Rita, be Rita, this question's for you. Hurdle. Maybe you could take us back and give us an overview of the uh, several year long research project that was completed that had you land on the key elements and structure, et cetera, that you'd need in a practice app to accomplish some of the goals that you've talked about? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, Cadenza is not the only practice app out there. Uh, there's probably a half a dozen or so that are in the market now. And I would say that Cadenza is different from the others because of the research that we conducted and because of the features that we added because of that research. So. As you know, and our listeners um, will now know, uh, we originally conducted research on how to 
engage children and older adults um, in practice with a, an SSHRC partnership grant. Um, and that funded a number of years of research where we looked at students and teachers and parents all across the country and internationally to discern the kinds of patterns that Jody and I have just described. And we also took a look at what kinds of scaffolding or support were most helpful for students. And one of the things that's helpful for students is to communicate with their teacher midweek. And this is a feature that is not uncommon in other practice apps. But another feature that we've added to Cadenza that is unusual is many different ways for the student to reflect on their learning as they progress. And this belongs to a, a kind of learning theory called self-regulation, where students who are able to assess how they're doing, what they need to do next, what works, what doesn't, what they need to ask their teacher, um, what they need to repeat, what they need to stop doing, where students develop that kind of nuanced way of assessing what they're doing, they're the ones who are going to succeed in the longer term. So in Cadenza, one of the things that we've incorporated is a number of ways for students to reflect on what's happening in their practice. And that can be as simple as emojis, which um, have engaged the worldwide, um, but it can also be as complex as writing comments and asking for the teacher's feedback or responding to a prompt that comes up automatically. I've had the pleasure of being around the Cadenza Practice app for some time now. And even though it's not a startup, I would say the two of you in your commitment to mobilizing this knowledge and making it sustainable have had to do everything all the way up to, but not including incorporating when you think about taking this research, turning it into a product, figuring out how to get it coded, working with coders, working with partners. Can you give us a few examples of some of the, the headwinds, let me call it, that you've experienced in getting the Cadenza Practice app this far. But could you pick a couple of the examples to give folks an idea of the kind of challenges and, and obstacles you've overcome to get Cadenza uh, to this point? And I would say that those changes which Jody has described, and that's some of many, come because we try to be very responsive to the community of subscribers that we have. I think Jody spends quite a chunk of her time listening and assessing whether a request from a teacher is a common one or if it's a one-off one. And if it's a good idea, even if it's a one-off one, it might be something we pursue with our developers. So it's both a blessing and a, recur and a curse to be responsive to the community. Being responsive to the community means that those users know that we're listening, know that we're responding, know that we're making changes. But it also means that we're always in development mode. So just after we get one great feature done, another one comes up. And fortunately, we're working with a company that's very responsive that way, but it does mean that the releases happen frequently and we don't really get to assess how a new release is working before we make another change. I would also say, in response to Jody's first comment about the login, some of the initial things that we did when we were working only within university contexts, Queens and another university as well. Part of the reason that happened is because we were not as nimble with some of the changes in technology as we now are, and because we were protecting the privacy of the students. These are all, I would say 60% anyway, are under the age of 18, maybe 70. 
we have to be very mindful of privacy laws, especially in the UK, where many of our students are, and they're much more stringent there than they are in Canada. Some of the things that are awkward in the delivery come from a place that really matters to us as teachers and as parents. So that's been sort of an extra layer to work around in an app that's designed um, for children and an app that also includes video, um, which we don't want to have searchable and we don't want to have children exposed in a way that would make them vulnerable. One of them is, as you say, learning to wear so many hats uh, from speaking with developers and starting to understand some of that language to administrative challenges, as well as marketing, advertising, troubleshooting, you know, wearing all of those different hats and more have been have been a big challenge. Uh, I benefit from it in the long run. Personally, I know I, uh, I feel like I'm very diversified, that's for sure. But it, it all pays off at the end of the day when I receive a message like I received last night from a new teacher who's just set her students up over the last 30 days, has seen a, one of their students completely turn around, 180 degree change in the, in the student's accomplishments. It does make it worthwhile, uh, all of those learning curves. I would say some of the actual technical uh, challenges that we've come across are are just making sure that the app is not time-consuming for teachers and for students. At first, the login for the app was a major hurdle to overcome. Teachers were spending more time in the lesson teaching their students how to log into the app than they were doing their lesson, which of course isn't isn't acceptable. We want to focus on the on the instrument. Um, so we made huge gains in making the login much more simple for everyone. There was also a challenge of making it easier for the teacher than the traditional notebook. So normally a teacher or the student themselves would be writing out their notes by hand in a notebook weekly. And at first, Cadenza took almost that much time or even more because all of the information had to be inputted each week. So we changed that so that an entire lesson or portfolio, if you might say, could be duplicated from week to week. So this, the teacher spends, you know, very little time uh, changing from, from one lesson to the other. So we've really made it a less time-consuming uh, venture for the teacher, for the student, and for the parent. So I mentioned this group often on this podcast. There's a group in California called Y Combinator that's famous for creating unicorns. These are companies that are worth a billion dollars or more. And the, one of the founders of that group always says, as an early stage startup, now I know Cadenza is a project incubating at Queens right now, but in the early stages of a startup, the two things that you should be spending the majority of your time on is talking to users and building and tweaking your product. And I think that's what's been going on with Cadenza between the two of you. So let me move on to a, another question. And Rena, you partially alluded to it. Based in Kingston, Ontario, with a number of partners, Cadenza actually has students using the product around the world. Can you speak to a little bit about other parts of the world where there's been some engagement with students using the app? Sure. And again, I'm going to go back to what you just said, which was engaging with partners. It's not because the UK all of a sudden has more interest in practice apps. It's because we have a vibrant partner in the UK, an organization called the Curious Piano Teachers. And they have a very active membership, and they have a membership of teachers that really cares about their pedagogy and is interested in becoming better at their craft, interested in learning, interesting, 
in being part of a vibrant community. And that community has partnered with us. We support each other by offering one another tools that are complementary, professional development webinars, for example, and we market each other's work. And it means that we're speaking to teachers who are like-minded. So as a consequence, we have a number of UK users. And I think if we had similar partnerships in other countries, we would see a very similar outcome and a very similar pattern. But again, it goes back to the partnerships, to the relationships, and to what you said earlier, to listening. They listen to their teachers, we listen to them, and collectively that's help us, uh, helped us grow the base. Now, I've had the opportunity to sit on the committee that you've uh, got in place to help provide some oversight and input, and you've been very proactive about making sure community members on there. And one of the things I'm struck by when I sit in on those meetings is just how passionate these people are about music and students staying on the course. and. The big headwinds in the area is that budgets are just tight, if I could just describe it that way. The primary way forward here, and maybe this is an early call to action to everybody, is that the way you've been moving the Cadenza Practice app is partnering with community organizations and groups that are like-minded and that they just have this strong, deep-rooted passion for ensuring that the benefits of music are available via this practice app. So how did you see that evolving? And did you, you probably landed on that pretty early in the process as a, as a key strategy for, for growing this project? We did land on it early. We really liked the people that we were working with. We felt that we were all after the same thing, which is the joy that music can bring. Um, we also, I think, share the view that music should not be just for the people who have the privilege of taking music lessons outside of school, which tends to be associated with a demographic um, that is a higher income family, for example. So we've been very mindful of ways of bringing music to broader audiences. And one of those audiences may, be, may very well be schools and schools that are in positions of not having a lot of money to support a music program. And an app like this can reach broader and deeper audience of students and even the subscription that is now a paid subscription I just want to point out how little it is for an individual student I think we average Jody you can tell me if this is wrong but I think we average about 67 cents a month per student not an expensive app and that's for the ones who are, are paying full freight so over time, we hope to reach more and more students who might not be in that position of taking music lessons, and of course, reach more students who are taking music lessons and haven't yet started using Cadenza. Rainy, when you talk about the, the model, it's a model where they, the, actually the teacher pays the subscription fee, but you've broken it down as the cost per student. So it's not, your model is the students don't pay, it's the teachers that pay, and hopefully they see a return on investment just from the ability to quickly generate notes and have students progress and have less turnover and all those kind of things. Jody, I wonder if I could ask you the next question, and that is, we've been going through a big pandemic. You got some very interesting customer feedback, particularly in parts of Europe. I wonder if you could chat about some of those stories. I know COVID is kind of upon us and we're hopefully getting over it. The whole remote has gone up and it's going to return back down to whatever the new normal is. I think you had some pretty interesting people pick up the app uh, once the pandemic hit. Sure. I actually noticed um, an uptick in the um, 
in the users starting in the, right at the end of February. And I do see the emails that come through and I started to notice that the uh, extension on the end of the emails were from Italy. And then they were from Switzerland. And then they were from the UK. So it, it was essentially following the pandemic, this, this uptick in users. Uh, so inadvertently, we found our niche market, which happened to be online teaching. In, the, in early 2020, online teaching was a very small market. And then, of course, as soon as uh, the pandemic hit areas and lockdowns hit, many teachers had to adapt and adapt quickly. Teachers who had never, ever considered teaching online had to jump on and, and figure it out. And Cadenza was there as a support tool for that. Now, it doesn't have to be used that way, and it wasn't even designed to be used that way. But we're finding that it's this it's this wonderful bridge that helps teachers as they navigate back and forth from lockdown to not lockdown to lockdown to not lockdown. So there's a consistent format that teachers can use with their students. So whether they're teaching online, teaching face-to-face, or teaching in a hybrid model, which most people are doing now, it just comes in and helps communication happen between the teacher and the student so much more seamlessly. Yeah, and we certainly found that teachers who picked up Cadenza during lockdown stuck with it even after they went back to face-to-face because they knew that the pedagogical benefits of the tool transcended the medium of teaching, whether it was face-to-face or hybrid or, or virtual. The two of you have a goal of making this project self-sustaining at the moment that's potentially having adopters with teachers paying for the app. Can you give us a sense, and I think you're less than 18 months in since the formal launch, and there's been many, many launches since that time. Can you give us a sense of the number of students that use the platform now? Currently, we have around 2,500. We've had users from Singapore. I've had users in New Zealand, Australia, and uh, Ireland. We seem to really connect with, with uh, teachers from Ireland. But yes, yeah, so those are some of the other, the other places that we've had some ground, some footing. I was just going to say the idea of, and we really connect with teachers from Ireland. I don't know if that's the case so much as maybe we connected with one teacher who talked to another teacher who talked to another teacher. Because we're finding that the growth of Cadenza subscribers is very much an organic process. It takes a teacher to tell another teacher to begin to grow that subscription base. Or a student, if you're a student listening to this podcast, or a parent, if you're a parent listening to this podcast, tell your music teacher about Cadenza and they can try it for free, see how it works. Jody and I will do our utmost to support you and um, I think you'll be very surprised at how, how uh, effective it is and how much fun it is for kids to use to support the time between their lessons. What's the best place for people to learn more about the practice app, we, Cadenza practice app? We can put specific links in the show notes, but maybe if we could say it, if somebody's driving in their car, uh, they'll they'll know where to go look. To the website, cadenzapracticeapp.com. Rena and Jody, I think the music community is fortunate that we've got two people that are so committed to mobilizing this knowledge. You can't convey on this podcast how much work has gone into getting this project to this stage and... Uh, we wish you both the best of luck in keeping this app, the knowledge in this practice app out there and mobilized to contribute to more people pursuing the arts and music lessons 
hope we'll be uh, having a follow-up podcast episode in another two years to show just how well the the practice app Kenenza practice app has done going forward thanks so much for taking the time to chat thanks for your support jim thank you for listening to this episode of queen's innovation runway if you like this podcast please be sure to subscribe or drop us a comment if you want to learn more about supporting research and innovation at queen's in eastern ontario please see our show notes for the list of organizations at Queen's that help startups 